everybody. Dr. Axe here. So excited to do another show. Today I have actually a friend of mine, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Her and I spoke together at a couple conferences about seven years ago called the Mind, Body, and Spirit Conferences. And uh, Dr. Caroline, so great to have you on. It's so great to see you again, Josh. We've been following you each other through media, so it's great to see you face-to-face and, and talk to a like-minded person. Absolutely. Well, I know when we spoke together, and even now, you know, I'll be flipping through the TV and I'll see you on there or see you on different areas. Uh, on YouTube, I saw, you know, you do a, a talk recently, which was awesome too. And so I love, uh, you know, uh, so much of what you talk about with the brain and how to transform the way we think, because ultimately this is so important for so many things. You know, I know we've got a lot of people that listen that are into natural health. And so whether it be somebody looking to practice better eating or overcome anxiety or depression or beat hypothyroidism, you know, we have so many different goals out there, but all of those require people in a way changing the way they think. And then I've got some people too that love hearing about success principles and how to be successful in life. And Changing the way we think is so important there as well. So I'm excited to dive into all these topics on how we can heal our body naturally, overcome mood disorders, but also just, you know, supporting our our brain health and change the way we think, I think is a big deal. So anyways, I'm excited to have you for so many reasons. So let's go ahead and dive into the 50 things I want to ask you about. <laughs> but one of them is talk to me about the power of our mind and you know, what keeps people, because I have people all the time, like people want to eat healthy, people want to yeah. heal, but the biggest problem is typically not knowing what to do. Most of the time, people kind of know what to do. Like people should be eating more vegetables, should exactly. be getting more fruit, <laughs> get to be eating more healthy fats. But a lot of times people just, it's like they don't have the willpower. They just, they, they, they can't do it. I agree with you. Well, you've launched into probably what is is, is a really good starting point. Um, and I think if I may answer that, Josh, just by telling everyone that the first thing that, that will help people process what you've just asked me is to understand that the mind is not the brain and that your mind and your brain are separate and that your mind is how you uniquely think and feel and choose. So those three things, your thinking, feeling, choosing, three things. And then your brain is the physical substrate that your mind moves through. So it's almost most kind of hard to picture this, but if we, um, from the research I've done over the past 30 years, um, what I've been doing is looking at the whole mind-brain connection, which if we, if we, a simple way to understand that is to define what mind is. So mind is how you uniquely think, feel, and choose. And then your brain is part of your body and it's the physical. So if you're dead, your brain can't do anything. So the thing that makes your brain do anything is actually this thinking, feeling, choosing mind thing. And what's really super exciting is that this mind is 99% of who you are, but the brain and the body are 1% doesn't make them less important. It doesn't mean that you can eat junk food or just do it, never exercise. It, it means that the, the 99 and the, and the 1% work together as, as a holistic whole. And I know your approach to things is, ho- is, is taking that holistic approach and coming at it from the, you know, the body, body, mind, spirit aspect. And that's, so that's the research that I've done. My research has actually shown that your mind is your 99. And to make your body work properly, you have to get your mind right. And related to that, if, we, if mind is so dominant, if it's the mind is this 99% spiritual, non-physical part of us, and your brain and body are 1%, the mind is then driving the brain and body, the brain and body are therefore responding. So what we see from the research, Josh, is that the, that the actual digestive system, your ability to get the nutrients from the food is controlled by your mind. 
So eating is a is a very mind event. So there's research showing lots and lots showing that you can be eating that super organic farm to table kale pasteurized great salad meal whatever that it's no no good nutrients no chemicals no preservatives organic everything the whole right way of eating um but if you are toxic in any way if you are maybe feeling anxious or jealous or irritated or frustrated or you're rushing or something you can lose up to 80 percent of the nutrition so because your your digestive system just can't work so for example your pancreas which secretes 20 different as you know 20 different neuropeptides for the assimilation and digestion of food if you're eating that great meal like i know that if they follow you they're obviously eating healthy if they're eating that, but if they're toxic in some way, so not dealing with an issue, jealous or frustrated, those 20 different neuropeptides won't be secreted like they should be, which means everything else in your digestive system gets messed up because it's all connected. And that's one example of the sort of gut-brain connection. So when people recognize the impact, what if people understand what the mind is, what the brain and body are, the relationship. And the power of the 99%, that's when you can bring mind into eating because eating is a mind event. So that's really a, a massive part of, of what I teach. And I mean, you probably are aware as well, nine out of 10 people will put weight back on because if they don't involve the mind. So it's pretty easy to get people into an exercise routine and into eating healthy. As you say, there is no excuse in this day and age not to eat healthy it's so easy to see that the modern american diet will kill you and eating healthy is just there's no excuse but the, why don't people do it why are they not making that shift because people don't really understand the power of the mind and the impact of the mind and how you've got to get your mind right in order to eat right and stay eating right and stay in that exercise routine you know, I love what you're saying. One of the things I, I uh, one of the things I've spent the time, my, the most time studying over the past, you know, 10 years is really a combination of what I would call Chinese, ancient Chinese medicine and biblical medicine and how they really relate together. But one of the things that Beautiful. they talk about between the two, this Middle Eastern type of medicine and, and Chinese medicine is that uh, now they call it, they didn't know what to call it years ago. They call it the spleen, but it's really the pancreas. But they yeah. really, but, but you really look at the pancreas and that's such a key part of your digestive system. But you know, when I've taken care, when I used to run my functional medicine clinic, what would cause somebody to have just as big as a digestive issue is somebody that say was gluten intolerant or had some other you know, thing they were severely allergic to, they can have the very same or similar reaction, even greater when they're worrying all the time, when they're having anxiety, that'll cause absolutely more than eating something bad. Absolutely. No, that you, you, you're 100% correct because your mind is that 99%. And to get your head around that is just so, it's just not what we told in today's language. People use the word mind and brain interchangeably. So you kind of talk brain, you think mind, and then you, 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 know, you tell people to go into a whole holistic approach and they immediately start getting into, okay, I'll do exercise, I'll do eat healthy, and I'll think happy thoughts and I'll meditate. But that's, and those are all, you've got to do all of those. But you can't just, that's not, you can't just allocate the mind to one portion or one fifth of that. You've got to recognize the mind is driving the whole lot. So you, it's with your mind that you're going to make the decision to, to, um, to, to find out about Chinese medicine, to see how it can complement allopathic medicine, to see that the ancient, ancient medicine that God has given us is, 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 in, is the, like the first kind of medicine and how it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you have to think about things as opposed to just being reactive. So being proactive is very important in making your body work properly. 
And every moment of every day, the way the quality of the energy that literally is flowing from your mind through your brain, driving your 75 to 100 trillion cells, is creating an environment that will receive the nutrition or block the nutrition. So coming to stress and anxiety, let's say that you're eating this incredibly healthy nutritional food that is just going to feed your body, taking you know, the necessary organic food-based, whatever supplementation is needed for your body. If, you're, if you are in a state of unmanaged stress, if you haven't dealt with why you're feeling anxious, if you haven't dealt with why you're feeling depressed, if you're not getting to the root cause of it and embracing it and processing it, which we can maybe talk about later in the show, what will happen is that you change the, the environment of your body you change the neurophysiology, you change the blood. I'm doing clinical trials at the moment. And one of the things we're looking at is people's, the impact of the mind-brain connection. So we're looking at people's narrative, their story, what they're going on, what's going on in your life. How do you perceive your life? What are your stress levels, your anxiety, your mood? How do you see how you're coping, stress? How do you, well, all that kind of stuff. So all that mind stuff and the story of your life. And then we're looking at the body. So then we're looking at the physiology. We're looking at DHEA and cortisol and prolactin and all these things. And we're looking at the neurophysiology. So we're looking using EQEEGs, looking at the different types of brain waves. Your body doesn't lie. So if you are very anxious and you think that you can just squash it down and you know do your exercise routine and eat healthy but you don't deal with why you are feeling that level of angst or anxiety what will happen is that your for example a million things will go wrong 1400 neurophysiological responses will immediately go wrong immediately your blood vessels around your heart will constrict instead of dilate now you've got less blood flow to your brain less oxygen to your brain in addition your cortisol levels will will go through the roof your dhea levels will drop your prolactin which even in males we always think prolactin is just a female hormone it's in males too it's a very strong indicator of chronic stress so if you're in a state of ongoing mismanagement of mind etc all these things will show, we'll see those values in the body. And what we've seen from the clinical trials, Josh, is that when people manage their mind, when they start recognizing, hey, I feel depressed, embracing it, not squashing it. Hey, I'm feeling stressed. Let me find out why. So acknowledging and, and rela almost relaxing in and giving themselves permission to feel the emotions and then to find the cause of the emotions and start working towards a solution. We see that process takes time, but that process we see an immediate change in how the brain is responding and how the physiology of the body is responding. So for example, we'll see someone who says, no, I'm managing everything. I'm just a busy person and I'm managing and I'm doing my exercise and I'm eating properly. And But, but then we, we see from the narrative and from the scales and things that actually their perception is, is quite negative and they've got a lot of stuff going on. And then, so there's this conflict. I, I'm okay, but actually I'm not okay. And then we see from the, the blood values and we see from the biomarkers and we see from the brain waves that there's too much what we call high beta in the brain, which means now that person is indicating signs of chronic stress. So there's conflict between what the body's experiencing and what the mind is choosing. So if you stuff it down, you're actually literally stuffing up your body. You're literally damaging every cell of your body right down to the genetic level. Wow. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And I think, you know, one of the things too, that uh, I, I spend so much time now when I do talk to people and I, I don't, I, again, I no longer have my functional medicine clinic, but I continually, at least a couple of times a month, sit down with somebody. And now I, I tend to do, I don't know if they're favors. I just want to help people with their health. So I sit down with a lot of, you know, certain famous celebrities, lots of pastors yeah. and helping them with their health. But one of the things that I'm continually 
letting them know is, is that you've got to take care of the emotional issues. It's everything you're saying here. And, and the more that I spend time taking care of people, it's especially with certain conditions like cancer. I mean, that's a great example, you exactly. know, autoimmune disease, so many other things, of course, mm-hmm. mood disorders. These are all not brain, they're uh, mind. You know, they and, mind and, and I love you differentiated between mind and brain too. These are so many mind issues. I, I'm just going to share this just so the audience just can connect with this, that what Dr. Caroline's saying is so good. You know, in, it, this was known in ancient sort of Israeli Middle Eastern medicine that the emotion of grief uh, affects your immune system at your lungs and colon. The emotion of anger affects your liver and gallbladder. The emotion of worry affects your upper GI the pancreas, what Dr. Caroline was talking about earlier, the emotion of anxiety or nervousness affects your heart and your whole central nervous system, your blood vessels, all the things she's talking about. So if you're listening to this and you have any health condition, hypothyroidism, autoimmune disease, chronic pain, all of these things affect your body. And so what she's talking about can actually, it's probably 50% or more, probably more than 50% of what it takes to get your body to heal and Dr. Caroline, one of the things I'd love to hear you talk about, and this wasn't on my list of things, but it's just coming to my head right now. I read a book recently by Norman Doidrich, and it was all about uh, neuroplasticity. Talk to me a little bit about in the audience about how that might play a role, things we can do to, for neuroplasticity to actually help our bodies heal. And what is that exactly? Okay, so um, back in the 80s, up until sort of the mid-90s, but in the 80s, and that's when I started my research, we were trained, I was trained in the, in the school of medicine and um, a school of thought and philosophy that your brain couldn't change. Now, I read the scriptures and logically, it didn't make sense because you can capture your thoughts, you can renew your mind, and people change. You're always changing and growing, so that made no sense. So I started doing research back in the 80s, and there were few people around the world challenging that domain that norm that your brain can't change and i showed that with direct um, intentional deliberate mind work you can influence your cognitive social emotional physical aspects of your life dramatically by not just a percentage but a significant 35 to 75 percent and that was the start of the research that i've now continued for 30 years and have continued to show that this is the case so what i did in the in the 80s was i took people with traumatic brain injury and i showed i did some of the earliest work in neuroplasticity and back in the 80s when I said listen your brain can change which is what neuroplasticity is neuro means brain plastic means to change your brain is designed to change but it doesn't just change on its own your brain is a physical thing it doesn't if I take your brain out your head it can't do anything it's doing it because it's in you you with your mind change your brain your brain's just a responder so I showed back in the 80s that when you take someone who's tremendously severe brain damage where they've been they were written off by the medical community i was told by neurologists and neurosurgeons and top scientists it's crazy why are you doing such a crazy thing you can't change their brain and i said let's see if that's true and i showed that if you deliberately and intentionally manage your mind detox your thoughts detox your emotions and get them healthy and build your brain very important grow your brain learn new stuff a combination of techniques that i put into my materials and apps and so on that you can actually transform how you function so i did some of the earliest work in neuroplasticity in the 80s and have continued and essentially neuroplasticity is this ability that we have with our mind which is our thinking feeling choosing which is the 99 percent of who we are 
with our mind, we can change the brain. So you mentioned earlier on 50% or more, it's actually 99% wow. that, uh, that our mind is 99% dominant over the body. Your brain and your body collectively are about 75 to 100 trillion cells. And it's incredibly important. Your brain, if you, your brain is a feedback loop into your mind, your mind's the 99. So think of 99 and 1%, both together become the 100%. You can't think 1% is not important. I'll just focus on the 99 because that 99 has to work through the brain and the body. So it's essential that we do look after our brain and our body and steward those and feed them correctly and exercise. That is vital because it's like trying to, if you break your computer, you can't use it. You break your brain and body, you know, the feedback loop into your mind it will affect your mind. So that, that neuroplasticity is this ability that we have to change. And I'll bring that to an example because you mentioned autoimmune disorders. Let's say, for example, people suffering from IBD, inflammatory bowel disease, various forms, colitis being one of them, for example. As soon as you have any kind of inflammatory bowel disease, we need to treat that medically, obviously, because it can cause tremendous discomfort and pain for people. But we have to recognize that anything in our body is the result of and that's a big thing. It's the result of what are we doing with our lifestyle choices? What what food are we putting in our body? What toxins are we putting on our body? But on which is the one percent? But also, what are you doing with your mind? Are you dealing with your toxic bad habits? Are you dealing with those traumas of the past? Because if you keep them, they are constantly breaking down your cells of your body, and eventually you get a weakness. So we that they don't know what, for example colitis which is inflammation in the in the small intestine um, and it's and there's various different types and it can cause it like it's tremendous it causes tremendous pain for people eating that in turn affects the gut biome which i know you're an expert in and that when you have that that there's a gut brain link so that biome is now messed up from the colitis you can't absorb the nutrients now you've got to so your body's battling to get nutrients and that then feeds back into your brain and that can lead to increased feelings of depression now we've got to be careful of saying oh my depression is from my ulcerative colitis it's not that it's just that that's exacerbated it the ulcerative colitis um, is a result of a whole host of mind issues and you can spend the rest of your life trying to find why did i get ulcerative colitis messing up my biome which will be a useless thing what we need to recognize is that our body's got something going on and that's a physical warning signal and you'd say okay there's something going on in my body there's a lot of research showing that there's a mind-brain connection there's research showing that autoimmune issues like inflammatory bowel disease do affect the do feed back into the brain and affect the brain and can cause but that's only one part of it i have to get, deal with the 99 Josh, what, what I'm trying to say is that we're not dealing with the 99%. We're not dealing with this yeah. massive, massive mind component. We're not looking at our lifestyle choices. And I'm not sure if you're aware of the statistics. I'm pretty certain you are. But between 2014 and 2015, federal data was released showing that people are, for the first time in decades, the trend of people living longer has reversed. So for decades with the advances in technology and medicine, people have been living longer. Now there's a reversal and they're tracking it back to the last 60 years where we took mind management out of the picture. Everything became about the physical an overemphasis on the biomedical model. Everything, if, if, some, if you're sad, it's a disease. If you're happy, it's a, or you're lucky you don't have a disease. If you're depressed, it's a disease. If you've got cardiovascular, it's a disease. Now, the last one's correct. The last statement of cardiovascular being a disease, that's correct. But depression being a disease, that's 
incorrect. That's not correct science, not evidence-based. And it goes to a philosophy for 60 years that has said, you as a human, your story, your 99%, your spiritual stuff, that doesn't count. All we're going to look at are the symptoms in your body. Now, we have to deal with the symptoms. Don't get me wrong. We have to. But we have to see the symptoms as a sign of what's going on in the 99 Dr. Axe here to talk to you about bone broth protein from Ancient Nutrition, the whole food supplement brand I co-founded with Jordan Rubin. One big nutritional gap in our modern day diet is we're missing compounds from real homemade bone broth, including the compounds collagen, glucosamine, chondroitin, and hyaluronic acid. You know, I spent years in my clinic from 2007 to 2014 recommending bone broth. The problem was it takes nearly 24 hours to make from scratch, and most people don't have time for that. And that's why I formulated bone broth protein. Bone broth protein comes from dehydrated bone broth, just like you make at home, and it turns into a convenient, easy-to-use powder that provides nutrients to help your joints, your skin, and supports a healthy gut. It's easy to mix into water, your favorite nut milk, or many recipes. Personally, I love to use chocolate bone broth protein in my morning smoothies with some berries and almond milk. It tastes amazing. Give bone broth protein a try today simply by searching online, whether it be Google or Amazon, Ancient Nutrition Bone Broth Protein. Yeah, you know what's so interesting too? I was reading a book years ago and they're really talking about what, what, where does this thought stem from where it's sort of like anti whole being holistic and it's, you know, a, a few hundred years ago, it's really that they, you know, it, and it, a lot of it comes from Greek thought. Greek thought really separated body and mind. So like our medicine today, our entire medical model, it's Greek and Roman in nature. And it really says body and mind, they don't affect each other. They're completely separate. And you know, the other thing I think that's interesting to me, just another point I'd, I'd like to bring up here, you know, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. And I'm not saying, I'm not asking you to judge the exact example I'm giving, but just the general thought. We're moving into an age where there's going to be so much testing of DNA and saying your genes are this, your genes are this. Like there are women today getting things, this is just one example of many, but getting things like double mastectomies mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. breast cancer, what they're, mm-hmm. they're considering. Because of the BRCA gene, yeah. But for, exactly, for prevention. And to me and what I know, that that is, first off, it's so unhealthy. You're literally bringing your body through such a major trauma. You're actually changing possibly your self-confidence, the way you're thinking. I'd love to give your thoughts on two things. One, that type of treatment, but also just the whole mindset behind sort of this glorified science, we know more than God. I, I don't know how to put that, but just, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. I know what you're talking about. I've actually written quite extensively about this in one of my books called The Perfect You, the sort of philosophy of what's actually happened. So, so uh, uh, Descartes was one of the first people who spoke about the separation of mind and body, yeah. but he did talk about an, a relationship. He didn't talk about a separation. He talked about a separation that's integrated. And then uh, people like um, Sir John Eccles, who's a, a, who's a Nobel Prize winning physiologist, was, he's not alive anymore. He actually coined the term interactive, interactive dualism. And I know that's a fancy word but it's just a great way dual means two so mind and body mind 99 percent, body one percent they dual two things but they interact 
So they can't be without each other. You're not complete without each other. The current model has completely separated out the mind and the body. They've taken dualism to the extreme when they've said, okay, well, we can only see the body. Um, so therefore, what we can't see, we push it aside. And they call it promissory materialism, which means, well, one day we'll look at that. But for now, what we can see is the brain, the body. So what we can see, touch, hear, and feel, that's what's important. And this model is called the biomedical model. Works beautifully for dealing with the physical ailments of the body, but it doesn't work with the 99% that we've ignored. So it's almost like you're taking away 99% of our humanity and saying it's only about the physical. And that philosophy is dominated now for 60 years. Began about 350 years ago with... Um, with, with Newton's work, not what Newton said, but it's how his work's been interpreted. And then through the ages and philosophically, but 60 years ago, this thing really peaked. And it's brought through a model where mind stuff has been lumped in with, meta, with body stuff and there's no separation. And that is an issue because you can't put the two together. You cannot treat the physical cancer of the body in the same way that you treat the mind. You also, when you're treating the physical part, cancer of the body or whatever it may be, you have to treat the mind along with it. You can never ignore the mind. The mind is always the biggest component. And so for 60 years, we've been saying things like, it's mind over matter in a derogatory way. Meanwhile, it is mind over matter because with every moment with your thinking, feeling, and choosing, you're actually changing your brain. That's neuroplasticity. You're growing stuff in your brain. Right now, your listeners have grown at least a thousand branches in their brain to hold our words. So they've changed their structure of their brain at speeds of 400 billion actions per second. That's neuroplasticity. You're creating your next thought. You're creating your next thought, which is the foundation of your next words and actions. And when we recognize that, we can keep changing. So we've had years of bad eating or years of bad thinking. You can always change. That's also neuroplasticity. So it's a tremendous message of hope that as we manage our mind, we change our brain. So we're sitting today with this very materialistic philosophy that says you are your, you're basically a biological robot and we're just going to address the, the physical, but you're not a biological robot. This model also says you don't have, or this philosophy says you don't have free will. It's an illusion. Now we all know we have free will and they use their free will to say that. So it makes no sense, but it, it gives us a very nice quantifiable way of evidence-based medicine where everything can be measured neatly and put in a box and ticked off. It. And so it's created that whereas the narrative of your story your life what you're going through and why perhaps you landed up in the situation not that we're trying to make a person feel guilty if you if you if you've got cancer there could be all kinds of reasons um of lifestyle of re, a lifestyle of reasons eating exposure mind and and at the end of the day we're all messing up our bodies because you're all a little crazy because we all make wrong decisions at, at, all the time but the whole thing is we can manage that we can manage our minds and we can then bring healing back to our bodies and josh if we can't fully get rid of that cancer can you have peace in the midst of it you know and i know that these stories of people with with who've been given a diagnosis of, of three months to live and they live for years because their mind is right yeah. medication doesn't work unless your mind actually drives that medication you can have the best cancer treatment. If your mind is negative, it's not going to work for you. You can have mild forms of chemo and be very, 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 very negative and have tremendous side effects. You can have high doses of chemo, have an incredibly different mindset going in, and the chemo, you don't get side effects. I mean, this is very, very, very real. Absolutely. You know, one of the things when my mom was battling cancer, like we, we, we were so conscious of, hey, we're changing her diet, but working on gratefulness, laughing, and also her, she visualized daily her running around with her 
you know, her grandkids, bring them to Disney World. And I actually just talked to my mom here this weekend and she had my niece and nephew. She was at the Magic Kingdom with them, bring them, you know, to see That's all the amazing. Disney characters. And, you know, it's been almost 15 years later now. But all that being said, there's so much power in what you're saying. One of the things I really would love to get practical with some things people can do, you know, I think I'd love to talk about a few emotions people experience and a few things. Um, and, and you can talk, think about these generally, but there's so many people today that, so, that deal with the emotions of worry, anxiety, some of those things we're talking about. Also, there's things like unforgiveness. There's loneliness. You know, we live in a society today where everybody's trying to be their own hero and it's not really about community. And so, but with all those things I'm, I'm sharing with you, Talk about a lot of these negative emotions and thought patterns people have, these negative mindsets. How do we start to reprogram our mind? What are some of the things we want to program ourselves with? Okay, so you've hit on so many great points there. Okay, so first of all, we um, we have the ability to do it. As And what is we have the ability? That's your mind. When you The question you've just asked me now is a mind question. The answer is a mind answer. The fact that you choose to listen you're using your mind you chose to listen to this podcast so you're thinking feeling and choosing about the content you choose your next meal you choose your next thought we're very much in control and we very much we not very much we are driven by our mind our mind drives everything so we get that that's like number one to recognize your mind secondly as i've mentioned already what is mind it's your ability to think and feel and choose and as you think feel and choose you cause a response in your brain on an electrical, chemical, electromagnetic, and genetic level. So whatever you're thinking, feeling, and choosing is becoming part of your brain. And that then is a little, literally a little tree that you grow in your brain, a thought tree. And that then becomes the root of your actions. So your next reality is being created mm. by what you're thinking. And whatever you think about the most gets more and more and more energy. Like you keep it gets growing bigger and grows bigger and bigger. So you've got to think, do I want that in my head, number one? Do I want it to keep controlling me? And then if you don't want to, you have the power because that's thinking. I think, feel, choose. I don't like that thought. I think, feel, choose. It's affecting my relationships. I don't think, feel, choose. It's making me feel sick. I think, feel, choose. It's making me, um, it's affecting, you know, I can feel that there's something going on in my heart or whatever. So I choose to capture that thought to embrace it and to start processing it and then to reconceptualize it. So the first step, so the third thing is we have to so it's about recognize the power of the mind. Secondly, that we have this incredible ability. Everything's driven by mind. Okay, so mind is not brain. Everything's driven by mind. And then thirdly, that we have to face our stuff. We have to recognize that we have to look at our life in terms of the emotional signals and the physical signals and see the emotional signals and physical signals as warning signs. So I talk about them in my new app that I've just released called, it's called The Switch, where I talk about the fact that we've got to recognize our physical and emotional warning signals, which is our things in our mind and our body, and our minds made our body do that because our mind works through the body and the body just does what your mind tells it to do. Your brain and body just do what your mind tells it to do. So you recognize those and then you say to them, okay, I embrace them. Research shows from neuroscience that when you embrace, and quantum physics, when you embrace something, so when you acknowledge, okay, I've been too irritable lately, or I'm really feeling depressed, or I feel so sad, or I'm constantly on edge, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling too busy, I'm feeling burnt out. Instead of squashing it down, which it'll just go into your body, it'll just go into your cells and damage your body, you get it out. So by 
by talking about it and differentiating your emotions. That's all embracing. Acknowledging and embracing is get it out, talk about it, differentiate it, get, get, get in a space where you, are, where you feel comfortable expressing how you're feeling. Now, you don't stay there. You express how you're feeling because you're recognizing. So that's the embracing part. Then we need to go through a processing. Okay, so I'm feeling this. Depression is just the end result. A warning signal is the end result. Whether it's physically emotional, it's the end result. Okay, so the emotional and physical somehow always tie together because the emotional works, the mind works through the, um, the, the, the body, brain and the body. So that mind signal, that feeling, etc., those are... are um, physical evidence for you that you need to get they're just the end result so we've got to find why am i doing this so we've got to start being having the courage to and almost black people need in this day and age josh people almost need to be given permission you can't it's okay to be sad it's okay to be depressed it's okay to be anxious it's a normal human condition it's the normal reaction to the vagaries and the suffering of life and the challenges of life for too long, the medical model and even the church has said, don't talk the word of faith movement, for example. Don't talk about that. If you talk about it, you make it worse. No, that's not at all scientific. And it's not what Jesus did. If you think of what Jesus did in the garden, if I may use that analogy, Jesus got into the garden, even if people don't believe, we know the story of Jesus going to the garden of Gethsemane and the cross and rising again. That is a tremendous analogy metaphorically for recognizing that you're not supposed to suppress. You're supposed to, it's painful. You're going to cry. You're going to feel anxiety. You're going to, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But neuroscience shows that the minute that you embrace and acknowledge and start the processing, you weaken the toxic thought. And when I say weaken the toxic thought, Josh, we need to realize that thoughts are real things. Every experience that you have is something you think, feel, and choose, and then you physically build it into your brain you're changing matter with your with your mind wow. so it becomes a little tree in your brain we see from neuroscience and quantum physics that your brain and body nothing in your cells in your, of your brain and body system structures down to the subatomic level are designed for toxicity so if we've got toxic habits that we haven't dealt with unforgiveness bitterness those things that you mentioned and if we've got traumas which is the other category involuntary stuff so we've got to deal with the voluntary and the involuntary stuff. If we haven't dealt with those, those are real physical protein trees that are all folded and bent because the proteins fold incorrectly, the chemicals are wrong, the um, electrical balance is wrong. Every, it's a real physical mess in your brain. It's a neurochemical, neurodamaging chaos. And your body, your auto, your immune system, your brain's immune system and your body's immune system will fight against that. Your brain and body recognize, your immune system of your brain and body recognize a toxic trauma and a toxic thought in the same way that they recognize a virus in your body or physical, a physical ailment or a, a blister on your body. The minute you have any physical damage, your immune system kicks in and starts trying to create healing with the immune function, the stem cells. The same thing happens with a thought. The minute you have a toxic thought or a toxic trauma, your immune system of your brain and your body literally sends out stem cells to that area of damage in the brain that is holding the toxic thought to try and heal it. And if we don't deal with it, we kind of create this feedback loop where it's supposed to go away in cycles of 21 days because the mind and body healing happens in those cycles but if you keep still 
keeping the bitterness, keeping the unforgiveness, not dealing with the trauma, stuffing it down, numbing it with psychotropic drugs or whatever it is that you're doing to not face it, slapping a scripture on like a band-aid and just pretending it doesn't exist. If you do that, it's still there. It's festering like a wound and your body now starts getting into an autoimmune state. So where your immune system was initially working for you, it now starts working against you. And this is why we see so many things that are autoimmune and things like cancers and so on are so closely linked to our emotions. So uh, it's just like... It's just amazing. I wanted to give an example of this. Like I had a patient in the past and you'll just, I mean, it's exactly what you're talking about. So I had a patient, she had an autoimmune disease, um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. She had arthritis with it, other issues, some gut issues. And we changed her diet and she saw improvement. She maybe got 50% better in her symptoms and but then she sort of hit this blockage and wasn't healing. Well, I, I just kept asking questions, trying to find out more about her. And I started even reading some of your work in the past, learning some things. And I, we really, we, we found out, so her autoimmune disease started a, a few years back, but it literally started two years after her daughter was her best friend. Her daughter moved off to college and she kind of felt hurt by that too. She hardly talked to her daughter anymore. And a couple of years later, she was still, you could feel like you could sense it from her, everything she shared, like she was still grieving over the loss of her daughter. She never told anybody, like she was just festering in this sort of loneliness because of it. She had a bad relationship now with her. But what you're saying is a prime example of, it was, that was what caused her autoimmune disease. Now, did she eat the best? Not really. Was it a contributor? Yes. But the bigger contributor to her getting autoimmune disease was this feeling of grieving and loss and depression for, for her daughter. The so, perfect example. So to help someone like that, you would need to say, okay, let's get to that point. So you, 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 know, you found the cause. So the depression was the end product. The cause of the depression, the root, was this trauma of her child going away and having to change and adjust. And this is a very common thing that, that adults, parents go through when their children grow up and move away. It can happen where you've got to completely see them in a different way. You have to build new networks in your brain. And otherwise, you can get into the cycle. And then if you, if you don't deal with it, your body body in some way will suffer and all of us are different it doesn't mean if you have an autoimmune disorder if you have Hashimoto's that you're now missing someone that's just the way her body responded yeah. everyone's body is going to respond in a unique way and it's it's so totally different and unique for every person but if you don't get it out it goes in and that is the rule get it out mm. process and then reconceptualize and you know what I did for years with my patient Josh because I practiced clinically for 25 years now I do like you I don't practice anymore and teach this and go all over the world and so on but uh, but I would. Uh, I, what I did was develop techniques 30 years ago, and then basically constantly clinically research them and do trials and so on to find out ways how can you do this how can you live a lifestyle of mind management because one of the reasons that we found that people aren't living longer in this advanced medical technological age is well, the main reason the main reason is mind management if people don't manage their mind they shorten their lifespan because if you don't manage your mind you push it in your body which means that you have a greater chance of of disease and diseases that can eventually kill you and then because of the medication of those diseases there's a lot of side effects and then because of the mood issue being that is associated with all kinds of pain and cetera in our body um those get labeled as diseases and mind that psychotropic drugs get added to the mix and psychotropic drugs have had no nothing they, they don't do any good for you they just actually damage your brain and your body they set you up for the dementias they set you up for shortening lifespan so we've got this model in place that if you 
don't deal with your emotions so stuff it down in your body your body breaks you have to now you're now vulnerable to dying younger because your body's not coping you're still not getting it out and then when it does pop out because you can't suppress emotions they, they're going to explode so they pop out then you get another drug to suppress that so we're into this suppression quick fix and then people do move in the holistic direction they do start eating correctly and dieting i mean and whatever and exercise but as you said josh unless they get their mind right that only works for a very limited it has a has a limited effect it's a very vital part but it's not going to get the full effect until you actually deal with your mind you've got to get your mind right first so, so, so can you walk us through if somebody let's say somebody's listening to this and they're saying which is i think it's most people including i mean all of us all of us job. it's so, every human so let's say for instance we have somebody who in the past had a hurt or trauma okay and because of it they're still they're still feeling that trauma. Let me think of an example. Let's say somebody had, uh, like you had um, somebody who um, told them they were not smart or they were unpretty and they literally had their, their self-esteem is just sort of wrecked because of it. And now it's causing actually low self-esteem according to biblical medicine or Middle Eastern. It's that causes hypothyroidism. It causes adrenal issues, causes reproductive health big time, causes people infertility. So that being said, how would you walk somebody through how to heal from that? Like, what are the steps? Is there, whether it's three or 10 or no steps, but like, what are some of the, hey, steps that people need to take to really completely heal? Okay. First, first step is that, um, is it, the first step is just, to, well, there's five steps. The, but the background, the, the, the attitude, the mindset that you have to come into this whole thing with is the fact that, as I said before, your mind controls your brain. You're not a victim of your biology. You control your, your brain and your body. Um, and, that, and no matter what, your mind is always more powerful than your brain and your body and designed to work through your brain and your body, first thing. Secondly is that you you have this power within you to do this. So we see from neuroscience, from quantum physics, psychoneuroimmunology, so many fields, epigenetics, all these fields, we are seeing exactly what you have just described. We are seeing as soon as people manage their mind, then we start seeing changes. So I want to really emphasize that mind is not brain and your mind is 99%. Think of 99%. 99% obviously is going to control 1%. And that 99 obviously is going to help you deal with managing the pain of the 1%. Like you said with your mom, look at her. I mean, I remember seven years ago when you were speaking about your mom and now all these years later, she's still strong and taking her kids to Disneyland. That shows how the mind actually has dealt with and kept things under check. So that's the first thing is to always come into this with that attitude. Secondly, is another little background point is that our brain is designed to monitor and to respond to our mind every 10 seconds. So with our mind, we are able to control our mind. So with your thinking, feeling and choosing, you control your thinking, feeling and choosing every 10 seconds. You're designed to do that. That means six times a minute. What that really means is that you are able to continuously, while you're awake, monitor how you are responding, reacting, whatever you want to say, to the events and circumstances of your life. Because we all know life, the human condition, you can't control what someone's going to say to you, what someone's going to do politically, how someone drives on the road, what chemicals you get exposed to, what your kids do. We can't control the events and circumstances of our life, but we can control our reactions. So my my work has been around the impact of controlling reactions and the impact on the brain and the body and feeding back into the mind and how do we do it 
So over the years, looking at the physiology and all this complex stuff about the brain, neuroscience and so on, I developed a five basic steps that kind of summarize how thoughts build in the brain and how we can break them down. And it, essentially, it's I've already even verbalized it, but I'll make it clearer. The first thing is we have to feel comfortable embracing. We have to gather awareness. We have to acknowledge the minute you do that, think of something that you can't see. Okay, I'm going to hide my hands now. It's in my non-conscious mind. My non-conscious mind is this 99%. I can't see it. Now I can see it. So this, this let's say my fingers now, this is a thought. Thoughts look like, like trees, like my hand. So here's this thought, but it's all gnarled and ugly and whatever because it's childhood trauma. It's some... Um, a rape that happened maybe at four years of age and maybe repeatedly through through your your young ages or maybe abandonment as a baby or a newborn baby and you're abandoned at a fire station this is you, you you're young you can't post but it's in your there's a thought in your brain because it's an experience and your, every cell of your body would have also um, built a memory of that into every cell of your body so you've got all the spiritual experience in your physical Okay, so now I don't deal with it. I go through life, grow up, and it's I can't see it, but it affects my relationships. It affects, I'm just giving an example, it affects relationships. It affects, as you say, you're, suddenly you know you've got a lot of gut issues. And But as soon as I say, okay, I've got a lot of gut issues. I've got a, that example you gave, that person, whatever, whatever. IBD starts, um, you can't build a strong enough relationship. You're just not staying in. Let's take two examples. Can't build a relationship. Every time you get into a relationship, it just seems to end, and you're constantly battling with with um, bowel issues. Let's say stomach gut issues. Let's just take those two things. So now we say in these five steps. Okay, so um, I can't get in a relationship. It's really making me feel depressed. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling lonely. Okay, so first of all, I acknowledge that. So these the so the first things now I'm starting to acknowledge. So my hand's starting to come up. I'm starting to be aware of these emotional signals of I'm feeling depressed. Why am I feeling depressed? Because I'm lonely. Why am I feeling lonely? I'm scared to get in a relationship. Why am I scared to get in a relationship? See, so as I'm doing it, I'm now embracing. The minute that I start embracing and processing, I weaken this. See how my fingers are shaking. So we see chemically in the brain that the bonds that hold that memory together become very weakened and malleable, which means they can be changed. In a conscious state of embracing and processing, I, are these weakened bonds, I can start digging, digging. It might take me months, but I'm in, in, in that processing stage. But by embracing and processing and giving myself permission to experience the sadness and say, it's okay, of course you're going to be sad if you're raped. Of course you're going to be depressed if you are lonely and can't get in a relationship. That's very normal. It's not that you're sick or have an illness. You are experiencing something that's a normal human reaction because we designed for connection. So it's giving ourselves that permission and that weakens it. But if I stuff it down and I say, I just keep going, I can't form a relationship, I don't like people or whatever, and I'm just going to have lots of medicine for my bowel disease. And just like saying that it's just it's just physical and it's other people. If I do that, that memory's gone again into the unconscious more powerful than before. It's not shaking in the long term in the in the unconscious mind. It's powerful and it's influencing my every decision because it, I have now got this very strong mindset that other people are the problem and my physical is the problem. It's got nothing to do with me and what I've done in my life or what I've been through. Yes, the trauma of the rape was involuntary. No one, no one deserves that and it's not your fault obviously but you still have to deal with it you still have to bring it up you still have to cry i call it freaking out in the love zone you have to go through it down here it's stuck 
up here in the light as we're conscious of it, we weaken. And then we can change. And part of that process of changing, so this is embracing, and then it's the processing, and then it's the um, reconceptualizing, and then it's the moving forward. So it's gather, it's reflect, you've got to write, you've got to recheck, and you've got to do an active reach. So it's a five-step process, actions that you do that will teach you how to gather this up process it and reconceptualize so for just one moment i want to speak about reconceptualize so here's this person inflammatory bowel disease or whatever it may be and there's the rape they're finding into the point where they can they they're finding the rape they're experiencing the pain in their body and the muscles and the whatever they they seem the physical emotional link they're going through the process of facing it forgiving um learning how to whatever very painful, normally worse before it gets better. Like doctors always say, they have to cut you up, hurt you to make you better. If you're having surgery, you've got to get sore to get better. That's the philosophy here with your mind too. You're going to go through pain, it's going to get bad, but you will get better. So then we get to the point as we're processing, we start reconceptualizing. This is massive. Reconceptualizing is to acknowledge I was raped when I was a child. Having that vulnerability, recognize it has affected my relationships. It's caused this tremendous issue that I have in my gut or whatever. I'm just making stuff up as I'm going along. And then now reconcept, I acknowledge that. And I redesigned, but this is how I am. I have forgiven. I have forgiven whoever that was that did that. I have redesigned. This is not who I am. It's not going to define me. So I remember how I was. I have a battle scar. I remember how I was, but now moving forward in a new way, I've redesigned it. So now it doesn't own me anymore. I own that situation. It's not control. I've made the past play out differently into my future and that's basically what those five steps do and we designed to do this constantly now obviously you can't be dealing with emotional trauma constantly so you limit the emotional trauma work or toxic habit work to 15 to 30 minutes a day that's all you do and i put this into my mobile app it's available on itunes and google play you can just google dr caroline leaf switch or you can go to our website drleaf.com i can you'll send it to you and you'll have it in, can yeah. have it in the show notes and there i walk you through it's in this these concepts are in my book but on the mobile app I literally therapy. It's like therapy. It's audio driven. I walk you through these steps and take you through this process and onto the app. We've added all kinds of um, uh, mental self-care sort of meditations to help people. Like if you're in a panic attack or if you triggered, or if you dealing with a difficult situation, or if you've got a teenager, or if you've got a young, so we've got all these built into the app to help people walk through these five steps. I literally hold your hand and walk you wow. through it. And, Detox and and so the Sorry. name of the app is just Switch. Yeah, Switch, S-W-I-T-C-H. And it's a mobile app, and you can get it at iTunes and Google Play. Um, you, there's a website, obviously, called theswitch.app. We can give you all of that. You can get it through my website, drleaf.com. Um, and that you just download, and it's, a, it's an ongoing subscription because what we're doing is building every technique that I have. We are building in, in different compartments into it to make it super easy. But Joshua, one thing I wanted to say is that people mustn't think they have to detox every 10 seconds. You, de you, you regulate your thinking all through the day, every 10 seconds. But that's your response is like, now you're listening. You monitor how you're listening. You make sure you're thinking deeply. Now you go from here to this podcast, and you maybe have an email that you've got to deal with a crisis, or you get into relationships relationship um, discussion with someone so in other words you you do your detoxing for 15 to 30 minutes but you monitor your thinking and feeling and choosing all day long and that's what this app trains you to do as well trains you to be a self-regulated person i absolutely love this I want to encourage you guys check out dr caroline's app it's switch uh go to the app store right now grab your phone and check it out switch uh sounds amazing 
want to encourage you guys to, uh, and by, by the way, everything you're, 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 you're talking about, it's just so important. I mean, so many people live with, and I know I, I've gone through periods in my life where actually uh, two times, one time in college, one time about 10 years ago, where I went through, as you're talking about, with a, uh, a pastor in my church and went through like all of these things. One was a retreat and went through my negative emotions, past experiences of being, you know, whether it's bullied or told, being told something negative and healing from mm-hmm. it. And, I, and those, they, they were two of the most impactful things on my entire life because when you're, wow. uh, when you have these injuries, uh, emotionally, it's affecting every part of your life. As you're saying, if you're mm-hmm. listening to this right now and you have issues in relationships, most likely, it's from this, at least in some part, it's because of uh, what Dr. Caroline's talking about is these past emotions, these things that are continuing to live in your subconscious mind. You got to bring those to the conscious as you're talking about. And if you've got a health problem, again, as we've talked about, thyroid problems, infertility, PCOS, depression, anxiety, all of this is not the brain, it's the mind, as she's talking about, which is so critical. Also, I want to give a couple of resources of books that I've checked out of yours. You've gotten so many books, but there's two I just, I'm more familiar with that I've read part of and recommended before. One is called Switch on Your Brain. You can check it out on Amazon.com right now. 1,566 reviews, almost all positive people saying that this book has transformed their life. So make sure to go on Amazon or, or barnesandnoble.com, but check out this book, Switch on Your Brain. It's called The Key to Peak Happiness, Thinking and Health. And then also a book, if you're really wanting to know more about health in regards to even nutrition, she wrote a book called Think and Eat Yourself Smart. So that's called Think and eat yourself smart. But these are on Amazon, they're in bookstores nationwide, and there's some great resources for, for anybody who's saying, hey, I wanna take control of my health, I wanna take control of my mind. And the thing I love about this too, Dr. Caroline, is this is gonna affect people's health in a massive way. This is gonna help them heal from all of these diseases, all these things we've talked about, but also you're gonna see benefits in all areas of your life. Your relationships are gonna be better, you're gonna have more success, you're gonna be happier. Uh, you're going to live a more fulfilling life. Absolutely. That's so true. You know, the things we can, we can't control the events and circumstances of our life, as I mentioned, but you can control your reactions. You know, and as soon as you, and re, controlling reactions is mind work, it's that 99%. It's what drives you. It's what got you up today. It's what gets you. It's 24 seven. Your mind is always working. So we may as well use our mind properly. I we don't it. learn enough about the mind. So I'm so pleased that you, that you are into the mind and linking it back with food health and body health, which is so important. Well, I love it too. And I have experts on here all the time. And I really try and be thoughtful about the experts I have. And one of the things in particular I love about you too, is just being around you and seeing you over the years. Uh, you guys have so much integrity, both you and your husband. You guys are very mission driven. I think that says a lot because you know there are people out there who are doing their job for, and, and everybody to a degree for financial gain, but it should never be for that solely. You know, for you, I know you guys travel around the country, speak, you're on television, you do it because you guys have a heart to transform lives. And I know you have people that, uh, again, whether I'm reading book reviews or, or talking to people that have met you before, just saying what an impact you have. So again, I respect oh, you so much for you. one, and you're brilliant. You. I mean, when people hear you speak on the brain and mind, you're obviously brilliant, but also it's that thank heart you. mission that I love so much too. Oh, well, thank you. That's so kind of you. Thank you. Well, back at you too. We're very impressed with you. So it's a good, we very, very honored to be on your show. So thank you so much. And thank you for those really kind words. Well, Appreciate awesome. it. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Make sure to check out Dr. Caroline's app, her books. I want to say again, Dr. Caroline Lee, thanks so much for coming on the show today. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you have a question you want me to answer, let me know. Head on over to draxcom forward slash podcast to send in your questions. And if you're loving the show, make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe and share with your family and friends. By doing so, you may just be transforming their life. Thanks for committing to transform lives with me. Tune in next week for more. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and ingredients discussed in this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you believe you may have a medical condition, please consult your doctor. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guests' qualifications or credibility. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.